welcome to the Crazy Poultry Podcast. I am your host, Ian Guy Loco, and we are back for another catch-up time with Crazy Poultry. Uh, we had a small delay because one of us here, me being not feeling well, sick, so had to push this back, uh, see how this goes. I've been feeling much better, but we'll see how this goes along. But once again, also joined by always Mr. Nick Nickers Chicken. A happy weekend, all. And Mr. Gobbler Anderson himself. Hello. Uh, so, yep, uh, we once again have seen some movies lately that we need to get out there and get our thoughts on, but uh, somebody here has not been here to get his opinion out about a couple, and that'd be you, Mr. Gobbler. Mm-hmm. Because we have talked about some of the, these three movies, but... You have not given your small thoughts, so uh, why don't you uh, tell the people what your first movie you're giving your thoughts on. Uh, the first one we're going to be talking about is X. You know what? What? You got that X factor. Our day's a struggle and might soon be over. Hollywood, here we go. Okay, Damon, what were your thoughts on X? Um, I actually really liked X. It was, um, you know, it's another A24 film, and usually A24 doesn't really disappoint on <laughs> most films. And it, I went into it because it was kind of gritty, like it looked very Texas Chainsaw Massacre-y, like, er, you know, kind of early exploitation-type films, like, and so I didn't really know what to expect, per se, because, like, it was kind of going a certain route, and... You know, I think that it was solid. Like, I mean, it's not my favorite, I would say, but as far as a horror film goes, I think it was solid. I think it had some good kills. The story was entertaining. Like, I wasn't bored or anything. Like, the, the characters were really well done. The acting was great. Um, then, you know, like, the only thing that sucks is that missed cutscene that we walked on. But... Other than that, honestly, like, it, it was, I think it was solid. Like, you know, like I said, it's probably not going to be, like, a favorite of the year. You know, it might, it, it might make that list, depending on what else comes out. But, solid. Yeah. Was, yeah. I'd, I'd probably give it, if I was going out of 10 rating, I'd probably get at least 7. I liked it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, going back onto it, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I actually kind of appreciate it a little bit more. Um for me, the I, filmmaking was really good. I, I really liked the filmmaking in it. And, yeah, like you, not missing that after credit sequence now. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what was your now your next one that you have not talked to us about? Oh, boy. Uh, Morbius. <laughs> you need a doctor? <laughs> I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. People all over the world have my disease. I'm here to find a cure. We have to push the boundaries, take the risks. If you're gonna run, do it now. (laughs) 
And what were your thoughts? We gave our quick thoughts on it and pretty much Well so the thing about this movie is when it first thing I was I was excited because like, you know, Morbius is kind of an obscure kind of just like whatever character. And I'm like, you know, Marvel's good about doing that. You know, granted this is Sony, but Marvel properties are usually good about adapting. So I was like, okay. And then I found Jared Leto was the cast, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and it was awful. It was really bad. I, I, I fell asleep because there's nothing happening. It, it's they had so much potential to make something that could have been pretty cool, you know. But they just kind of spoil, like, just spoiled the batch. Like, they, you know, unnecessary cutscenes at the end that were just dumb, that don't really add anything. And then, like, the characters were just goofy and just dumb half the time. Like, I didn't, I don't think I liked a single character in this. All of them were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. I hope they die. <laughs> like, I, I was just. I don't know. It was not great. Yeah, our uh, quick thoughts were that it was boring, bland, early two thousands superhero movie all over again, and I. But it's about a character like I don't like. Anyways, like that's the thing. Like at least those cheesy like X Men and all that. Like I actually like the X Men. You know, like so at least I'm like having fun watching. Like oh yeah, you know, like I see see Wolverine or something. You know, there's something cool about it. But this is about Morbius. Who cares about Morbius? <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the thing with this. Is Yeah, it does feel like those films, but at least those films... Like, even Fantastic Four, as bad as it was, at least I like the Fantastic Four. So it's entertaining to see their powers on the screen. Yeah, well, the, the first two? Yeah. Like, right, well, but... Technically, those would be the second well, and okay. third. Yeah, I guess. So, you know, at least there was a little bit of entertainment value in just that fact. But, like, this is about a kind of a character that I just didn't like. me. So, yeah, not good. I have 3 out of 10. Mm. Yeah. can't remember what I gave it. Out of well, the grade. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I remember I gave it, like, a D. I think I gave it lower. I think I went D minus. Um, I'm pretty sure. But your uh, next and final one that you've not said anything... That was supposed to be your comeback to the podcast. So when you weren't able to be here, I was uh, very uh, disappointed and sad for you (laughs) that you weren't here to give us your thoughts on one of the most anticipated movies of the year. And what was that, Damon? The Batman. like the Batman. I, it was very anticipated and you know every time a new Batman is introduced like 
you got to question, oh, what's going to happen? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? You know, like, it could have done anything. And it looked good, and I have a lot of faith in Robert Pattinson. And so I was I was going in, I was really trying to be hopeful with it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it really kind of blew me away. Like, the, the cinematography was great. The story was fun. Like, the characters were great. Paul... Uh, Dano. 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 He killed it as the Riddler. I think mm-hmm. he was fantastic. He was dark, creepy, like menacing, like Zodiac. Yeah, Zodiac esque. Like it was very well done. And Pattinson, I think you know everybody has their opinion on it, but I think he killed it as Batman. I think yeah. he was great. Uh, you know, maybe his Bruce Wayne was a little bit, uh, you know, like lacking, but. It's a young Batman. It's, you know, it's very young, even Bruce Wayne. Like, he still doesn't understand his identity. So, like, there, there's a lot to it. And it's a very deep-cut story. Well, he, and, he, he was faulty. Yeah, he yeah, was faulty. Which I like. He, my made, better, he, my better part. he messed up. <laughs> yeah, and that, that was, you know, that was always my one of my bigger complaints about the um, Nolan trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, but it, it just... I think it was really well done, and I, I definitely like to see the only the only thing I didn't like was the I want to say it's like a shoehorn like you know spoiler if you don't want to hear it just close your ears um not that it's everywhere yeah, on the internet um the the Joker like that I don't like that they shoehorn the Joker in there because honestly I'm tired of seeing the Joker and honestly I'm tired of seeing Batman but I was excited for this and it delivered I think it was great. And I, I would have to say it's probably an 8 out of 10 for me. Maybe an 8.5. Okay, so would that be like a B plus, A minus range? I, I would say it's probably, if we're going letter grading, I'd probably give it an A minus. Yeah. Because that, that's what I initially would give it, just because I feel like I have to watch, I still have to watch it again. Yeah. And I was going to try to see it in the theater, but never got around to it. And now that it's on, it's on HBO Max, it's, but it's also going to then be coming out on 4K soon. I have watched it twice on HBO Max, and both times I do. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. So. Uh, and while I don't think that actually their version of Joker and who they have playing Joker is actually that bad, my whole thing was when I initially watched that deleted scene, I could barely understand him. Yeah, like I don't hate the, the interpretation. Yeah. It's more of, I'm just, we've had Joker. Yeah, we, we've had plenty have. of Joker. <laughs> And we don't need another representative. There's so many villains. Batman has the best rogue gallery of any any superhero. Okay? Like, he does. And there's so much to work with. And they just use the same, like, four. <laughs> like, now, now, I am intrigued, though, because Matt Reeves said that one that he really wants to do is Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze would be yeah. awesome. He has not done, you know... He is not we, really. We have our Arnold. <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously Arnold like killed it for what he was doing, <laughs> but I, I mean, a good dark story, yeah, like Heart of Ice from the but, animated would be beautiful and really gritty and fun. And honestly, if Joker didn't exist, I think Mister Freeze actually would be my favorite, just because of his character. Probably, yeah. Um, but there's there's so much to work with, and yeah. so like I really hope that that Joker stuff is just. Like, maybe, you know, in the future, but... And we were just now, we were also just coming off of two amazing Joker performances. Yeah. With Heath Ledger and Joaquin, so it's like, you you keep setting the bar up higher and higher if you're going to try to do a Joker now. Yeah, now it it kind of falls like, 
with that, like, yeah. So you definitely have to... I just want to see more variety. When you when you have so much to work with, I just want to see more variety. But other than that, the film literally blew me away. Like, I was... Again, I was not bored during it. Like, I heard people... One person complained that they fell asleep, and I'm like, I don't know how, because there's entertainment going on. You know, even when it's kind of slowed, slowed down, it's still gritty, and it's, like, good filmmaking. See, I... I personally can understand if somebody in the right in not the right mindset could find this slow and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and if you it, go in, you're tired. It's a three-hour yeah, movie. I get it. I uh, and I question the rewatchability sometimes with that. Yeah, but that's why I never watched the Justice League again. Yeah, but that's because I can easily try to go back to watch this again. That's why it's still. Right now, probably still my film of the year after what I've seen. There's a there there is one that's contending for that, but we'll get to yeah. that one. Um, you so, guys talked about Texas Chainsaw because I don't know if I've talked about that one. You I have not. I've, I haven't seen it. We have not watched it yet. <laughs> Do you want to give your you thoughts air, on? It? You need to air a little bit out. It not, not 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 that you already have it in public. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so that would be the Netflix. Yes, yes. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, we got to specify. We, we have to specify this. So. I think you should tell them how much of a fan you are of him, first of all. I, I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But the, the first one is my favorite ha- horror happy movie. Happy birthday, OG. Yeah. And the second one, I like the second one, too. Because they understand what Leatherface is and understand as a character. But this new one, I don't know whose idea it was to make this movie. I don't know if this director has done other stuff. But he doesn't need to direct again. Um, this was easily up there as one of the worst films that I've seen in a while. And I've seen some real doozies. Yeah. Like, I fell asleep during Morbius, and I still put Morbius a little higher than this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as good. Like, this movie was bad. It was not only bad, it was insulting. And that's probably the worst crime it commits is the fact that it's just insulting. If you're a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan, you're probably going to watch this and go, what is this? Like, I, I know that the, the series is full of landmines of shit, mm-hmm. but this still manages to be one of the shittiest landmines that they have. Could this be the worst reboot of all the classic slashers that we've seen in the past few years? Let's see. Between the the last three that I've seen, which would be Scream, this, and Halloween Halloween Kills, this is the last. Mm -hmm. And I hated Halloween Kills. (laughs) So, at least Halloween Kills had some, you know, there was a little bit in there. And, you know, they didn't insult the character of the main (laughs) cast coming back. That was the, again, this is, like I said, insulting is the worst crime that this commits because it just turns Sally into the biggest joke of a character of all time. At least Jamie Lee Curtis is, like, entertaining as Laurie Strode still. Even if she was in a hospital bed the whole movie. (laughs) So, I'm getting the inclination that it's, like, probably in a letter grade D minus or F. Oh, it's F, easy. Okay. Yeah. There's, it's not, it doesn't even, like, even the kills, I'll give it an F plus, how about that? Because the kills were pretty good. F positive. Know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm positive that it's an F, yeah. Um, okay. So, 
I, basically, now I have stuff set up that I know that we, or all or most of us here, have seen. And after we go through this, we'll go. We'll come back to stuff that maybe we have not all seen than we okay. have seen. But so, but the first one up was another very big anti- anticipated for us, especially us that are Roger Edger fans. Oh yeah, and that was the Northman. was definitely highly anticipated for me because it's just Rog Roger Eggers now. Yeah. Former I'm saying probably the third in what I'm calling his the series. Yeah. After The Witch, The Lighthouse, and now we have the Northmen. Um call back to Viking Age and slaughtering and pillaging well, and stuff yeah, like that. Norse mythology. Yeah. That's yeah. one of my favorite things on the planet. Um my the number one thing I will give credit for this is if you are somebody that loves Vikings and you're like I I want to go back to that time period and stuff like that he says fuck no you don't because <laughs> this is a shitty fucking time um, and he lets you know it's a shitty fucking time yeah <laughs> starring uh, Alexander Skarsgård as kind of the main person we follow with this. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy returns also with Roger after The Witch. She wasn't as prevalent as I thought. Like, I, I like you know, I mean, she was in there, a li- a, like, a bunch. But, like, some of the characters that, like, like Willem Dafoe, I thought he was going to play a much bigger role. But yeah. he was only in the movie for, like, five minutes most. Like, hey, maybe he had to go back to No Way Home. He took advantage of it. Right. Well, like that. And then uh, Bjork was a big thing that was touted. Yeah. And she was only in there for about a 30-second scene. And uh, Nicole Kidman, though. Yeah, she, she was in that part of she it. She played a big part. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, but basically going into that of things that I had heard about and seen, yeah, uh, this, is bas- this, this is on a basic level. This is just a revenge telling. And... Uh, just you're living in this Viking age because uh, it's kind of hard to say who's actually a good person in this. I don't think really anybody's no. a good person. Like uh, at the end, of the I mean Taylor Joy might be the best person. Yeah, because, probably. But uh, 
because you you're told to care about Alexander Skarsgård's character kind of the most because you're following him through this because he's going back to you know claim his throne after his father who was played by Ethan Hawke is killed by his uncle and which is kind of a Hamlet thing again yeah. uh, but it's just him kind of going through slavery then trying to get back to that uh, but then there's also mythical drug hallucinations in this like it's almost like once in a while uh, Roger said here here's some LSD for a few minutes <laughs> yeah because then we could see like Valkyries and stuff like that which yeah it is, there are some scenes where it gets real trippy um, I, I I really like Alexander's like performance in there. One, he got jacked, and two, he's just, I mean, he was so good. Like very. One thing I will give this is every actor in this gives it their all. Like they are all passionate, and it's like even the little kid. Like you saw, you heard in the trailer that oh, thank you, father. That mm-hmm. like that little kid is awesome. Like he was great as like a young. Um, I can't remember the characters. Yeah, Amleth, char- Amleth, I think is his name. Yeah. I mean, I was just going to be like, yeah, character names, that's... <laughs> well, he was very, you know, he was he was good. Like, he was a strong character. And it was a good build-up. And the story was great. Like, the whole story was, like, set up well. Like, the final battle was awesome. Mm-hmm. And... Very uh, Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah. And... Then the the thing that I like about his films is they're all bleak. They yes. always end on just like a note where it's like, well, fuck. <laughs> like, and I can really appreciate that about him as a director. Like he's not, you know, he's willing to, not every story is a happy ending, you know what I'm saying? And like a lot of his, his films always end on just shit. Like you're just like, well, damn it. I, like, I think of the three this has... The happiest ending? Yeah, and that's a stretch. Yeah, it's really only because of one character how that goes. Yeah. So I mean, overall speaking, like it's it's one of those things where I like bleak endings. I like that. Yeah. Like you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows sometimes, and that's. Yeah, I rewatched both The Witch and The Lighthouse before I saw this, and it had been a few years since I rewatched The Witch. I think the witch for me probably has the happiest ending. <laughs> Does it? Yeah, for me. Okay. Um, I would say though, out of all of them, I would probably still say I think the lighthouse is still my favorite of the three, just because of the film style and the fact that it's not two hours long. Yeah. And it only requires two performances, really. That's the only reason why I would put this over. But this is the thing I was talking about earlier with The Batman. The Northman is also my contender for best film of the year because just the filmmaking in general is amazing and the cinematography is great. Yeah, no, it's, it's, for me, same thing. It's really high up there. Like, it's... It's going to be a fight between this and then another film we're going to speak about. It's going to be the three that it's all going to be... Yeah, so... Yeah, the... uh, first thing that came to my mind was the the visuals were breathtaking and um shot shot on location yeah uh whether that be some of the stuff we saw especially towards the end and then uh 
them fighting uh, in hell at the end. That was <laughs> that was amazing. That's one hell, by the way. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, 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 as I told them, I'm huge in the Norse mythology, and this blew away my expectations. I the trailers didn't even do it justice, which was a good thing, and all performances were fantastic. Um, I mean, you know, literally, as you guys said, it was hard to, you know, figure out who was, who to root for, really. And the, the stance that Skarsgård apparently inherited either himself or from somebody where he kind of has his shoulders up like that. And I'm like, oh my God, it looks amazing. And then the, the raid that they did in that, I mean, it was an evil thing to do, especially what they did to the town yeah. at the end. But that scene alone was like, wow. And that would have been a, a shitty time to be. <laughs> the, the, the part when he was climbing up the wall kind of made me think, it, this looks like Thor mixed with Iron Man. <laughs> like if they, honestly, if Marvel, because Marvel's, you know, obviously went more comedy route with Thor, kind of jokey and fun. Oh, yeah. This if is... they would have done this for Thor, it would be awesome. Like, holy crap. I can just imagine Chris Hemsworth just coming in, just, like, swinging his hammer and just fucking hitting someone in the head and, was, like, explode or something. Oh, my God. That would just be... The only problem is the big D would not allow it to. Yeah, but that would be sick. <laughs> I don't know. You know, yeah. So, with everything last night, especially. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, so... My personal grading, I would give the Northman. I would probably give it an A minus, just because some character things involve and runtime. Yeah, I'd give it probably just an A. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think it quite hits A plus because A plus is like I mean very rare when a movie hits A plus, but I, I'd well, give it probably well, an A. Yeah, for your standards, an A yeah. plus. I'm gonna have to. I'll go A minus. It's really close though, but yeah. I could totally understand why A would be mentioned. Um. So next up, not that we all already weren't excited about certain films coming out, um, the Batman being a giant one, and then when we found out about the Northman, we were like, oh shit. Um, when we heard early stages about this next movie, and then we finally saw the trailer and the poster for it, uh, it jumped up so high that we had to be there Thursday night to see that. And it was uh, this film, Massive Talent. been living at the Sunset Tower for over a year. They won't have me there. You owe them $600,000. Okay, I'm gonna deal with all that. But I'm gonna get this next wrong. And when I do, all of that changes. Then I'm back. Not that you went anywhere. Nicholas Cage! Oh my God! I love you! <laughs> he was so good in The Rock! What about Gone in 60 Seconds? Have you seen Crude too? No, I'm 44 years old. Why would I see Croods too? I've seen Face Off and Con Air. We got another offer. What's it about? You head to Southern Spain and you attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. Mm. It's a million bucks, Nick. I'll take it. 
The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. <laughs> okay, excuse me. Is Harvey going to want me to, uh, you know? I'm not sure I understand. Look, it's Harvey. I am Harvey. Nick Cage. So this is a... Uh... Obviously, more of a meta version of Nick Cage yeah. because, as the, though this says that this is Nick Cage being Nick Cage, uh, you can clearly tell this is not him in real life because, according to him and everybody that knows Nick Cage personally, he's actually a very calm and very uh, well demeanored kind of guy. It's um, like one of those where they do like a retelling, like uh, the Rocket Man. Yeah. Very similar to that. Like, they do a story about someone's life, but it's maybe exaggerated. Well, I would say this is just as much exaggerated. Yeah, because yeah. Because the, then they're just like, we're going to talk about the greatest hits about Nicolas Cage, too. Uh, because we're going to be like, yeah, he's clearly also still in debt. You can almost think this is him in another multiverse. <laughs> almost, yeah. Um, uh, where he's still in debt and he even takes part in going somewhere to get a million dollars to be at a birthday party. His biggest fan, played by Pedro Pascal, and uh, who's Javi, and he might uh, have some shadiness behind him too. Um, but in also doing some research about this, apparently this also wasn't a stretch really for Pedro because he is in fact a giant Nicolas Cage fan. <laughs> And he apparently has, like, a small collection, like, Javi. That's, that's funny, actually. He, and you know what's funny about it, though? Like, like it, it's so well done. Like, I... This movie, I was interested because, you know, Pedro's a very serious actor. At least from mm. what we've seen. Like, at least what I've seen. Because yeah. I've only really seen The Mandalorian with him. And yeah. I watch... And he, he is very serious. Like, he's, you know straight laced the whole time there's not a jokey like it's not there's not a fun show <laughs> you know and this he's just so goofy and having a good time and i'm like i want to see more of this like it's, it's like he's literally starstruck he's like i'm trying to be cool yeah he's just having such a good time like the the lsd scene oh gosh that's probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie because it's just he it's so goofy and they have such a good time and I, I'll bet they actually became friends after this. I hope so. Because Nick seems like a great guy. Yeah. And I honestly, it, it, was, it was great. I had such a fun time watching this movie. Like, I'm sitting there so enthralled and just having a good time. It's funny because I love Nick Cage, too, and mm -hmm. he's acting over the top. The scene, you know, you were talking about meta. This movie's way meta. Like, there's so much, like, references in life. And I, I kind of dig the whole idea of, like, encapsulating his like brain mm -hmm. and saying like look you know like you have almost he talks a lot in this movie mm -hmm. like he has his normal nick cage mm -hmm. but then like the whole alter ego thing where like his alter ego is the one that's crazy and like the way people view him yeah the way that yeah, he's perceived and so like i actually really dig like you know there was a lot of thought to it it was really good yeah, it was a blast, and I I would argue that Pedro was my favorite in the movie. Yeah, yeah I, I think he was the best. I think, uh, yeah, he should be up for something, <laughs> but we'll probably not go into that. Um, yeah, uh, the small appearances by different actors in this were all great. They all complimented Nicolas Cage. I think that was the point that they were trying to go with, and 
it really didn't disappoint. I mean, it was just a freaking damn good time. Um, I would say, though, however, the whole CIA plot kind of started to drag the film a little bit for me. I just I just wanted to see more of just Cage and Pedro together. Mm-hmm. And the uh, moment that that started really hitting there, and especially in the third act, I was kind of like, uh, this is kind of getting too typical Hollywood stuff in Lionsgate. And apparently you had made the comment about that you'd like to have seen Nick, Nicolas Cage like reprising some of his other roles. Yeah, I think stuff. that'd be hilarious. Apparently he did film that. And and apparently Lionsgate came in and cut that out. So the only thought now is maybe that'll be on the Blu-ray. Yeah, I'm hopeful that there's going to be those scenes where he's... Because that would be funny if he was just like, you know, somebody... Or like John Travolta shows up somewhere. (laughs) Like, that would just be hilarious. Like, I I really think that would be genuinely a really funny moment. Reprising some of his best roles. Yeah. And... Also, coming off of watching some other Nicolas Cage movies, because we have a Nicolas Cage special coming up, um, one thing that really also stuck out to me was the fact that there's a lot of uh, things like from adaptation in this, as far as like them talking about a script and a film and writing it. They don't want it to go this way, but then the actual film that you're watching goes this way. And I kind of felt like that was a bit better in adaptation. This one was kind of like, eh, we're just doing it. Yeah. Um, so, but, I mean, yeah, like all you guys, I still had a great time. If it wasn't just for that side stuff kind of bringing it down, I would have probably given this a higher grade, but I'm going to give it a B plus. I agree, B plus. Yeah. So, so, uh, so next on the list that I have that I know that I have seen, I know that you've not, I know that Nick has, uh, was something that we were kind of interested in, but then the more I was hearing about it and people actually praising it, I was like, okay, well, I'll just go see it now. And that was uh, The Bad Guys. intrigued by this the only thing that I was just kept muttering to myself was I feel like I know what's gonna happen I've seen this story you know a hundred times and stuff but oh well it might be good I started actually then hearing some really great things about it I was like okay well I'll go ahead and go see it uh yeah I had a really good time with it uh there's a lot of 
references and kind of scenery things to like Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, like Quentin Tarantino-esque kind of stuff. Uh, Ocean's Eleven too, because it's it's a heist movie basically. Uh, Sam Rockwell, I thought was pretty much perfect voice casting for the Big Bad Wolf because him playing a character with a complex is kind of a thing now. Um, I, I was very surprised to find out that Mark Marrow, who was the voice of Snake, and he was pretty perfect for it. Uh, Aquafina also was the spider. She's just like in almost everything now. Um, Craig Robinson was Shark. And gosh, he stole every time he was on screen. Um, I can't remember who it was. It was the Piranha. Anthony Ramos. Yeah, he also was very good. And that was the character that most I felt like I connected with the most, just because mm-hmm. of a certain thing that it did. <laughs> I guess we'll leave it at that. Yep. Um, I gotta watch it now. <laughs> but the the number one thing I started to hear about this is that it feels so much like it is unabashedly a cartoon, like the things that happen. There's no explanation about things. You're just like, it's a cartoon, so we'll let it slide. It's very fast-paced. Yeah, very fast-paced. Like, there's not a dull moment in this. Um, and I, I, one of the best scenes to me that implicates, like, the whole cartoon vibe is uh, the piranha who we were just talking about. He's like, I don't know, two foot tall, maybe? It's tiny. Yeah. Be- beats up like a six foot person because he's he's kind of like their muscle too, <laughs> and he has and the guy he beats up has a suit. He beats up in the bathroom, comes out of the stall, and he's in like the perfect size suit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> if this was live action, I'd be questioning, but it's a cartoon. Uh, and like other things, like there's like a weird vibe on. There's talking animals that are, you know, human anthropomorphized, but then there's other animals too that are actually just pets and stuff. And you're just like, wait, how does this? Work? Whatever. Nope. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a guinea pig. Yeah, Richard Aote did the guinea pig, and he's amazing. Yeah, he's like the whole like the goodiest good person there, and he's like, I can turn these bad people around because they just need. You know, the right environment. I'm like, yep, I've not heard this before. <laughs> I've heard this in, I heard this in a Stooge sketch, and it was so funny. So I'll, I would love to see more of this. And, uh, gosh, I'm having trouble. It was a, what was his name? Like, uh, Marmalade or something like that? Oh, the professor? Yeah. I don't remember. It was, like, it was, something it was, like some, it was some kind of jelly. Yeah. Um and uh oh uh, aziz beats mm. uh she uh, was uh the mayor fox mm. yeah uh-huh. she, I, she was good yeah i didn't really recognize her mm-hmm. until i saw her name again i was like oh shit that was aziz cool um but this is really a you know telling of friendship and how it stretches because he wants sam rockwell wants to start to go good Others don't know how to feel about that because they've always been bad. Especially Snake, who I believe is his actual best friend in it. And he's like, I've only never been looked at as bad, so I'm going to be bad. Um, 
definitely looked fun. Like, I, yeah. I, every time I see a trailer for it, and I'm like, oh, it looks cute. Like, I mean, it's, it's you know, you're running the mill animated. Like, but definitely if there's some more to it, like, that would be great. Like, you know, and it sounds like there is. It's not just cookie cutter. Like, yeah. that, that's my biggest thing is, like, you know, I, I don't mind animated films, but there's some of them where you're like, okay, I get it. And, you know, yeah, so it was like, that's why I can't stand the Minions, because... Mm-hmm. Like those movies, like they're pretty cookie cutter. I feel like, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, they're yellow. <laughs> well, th- this literally starts like the first few minutes are just Wolf and Snake talking in a diner, and, and I'm like, this is fucking Reservoir Dogs, <laughs> and because uh, they're talking about their heist, but then they just start talking about like weird shit that you're just like. Yeah, that's probably me and my friends just talking about weird shit. This will probably be like a red box film when it yeah, comes I would out. Say that. Probably just grab it, you know. I mean, I I would say this is also a perfect family film. So yeah, uh, yeah. So other than the fact of I, there there was only one twist in this that I did not see coming. So I'll give it that also credit. Uh, but other than that, I had a good time, so uh, I think I would probably give it an A minus. It's probably my favorite animated film so far. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, what I noticed was the five main animals and insects they used were all normally menacing to people. Mm-hmm. If you think about yeah, it, yeah, snake, piranha, shark, wolf, wolf, and spider. Yeah. yeah. And I thought about that. I'm like, wow, that was pretty cool. They did that. But whenever you do a story where trying to being bad and trying to be good is done the right way it's always something i'm you know okay i'm definitely in for that but yeah i really enjoy this movie as well oh man that's a tough rating i'm between a minus and b plus i'm gonna go b plus it's it's in that i'll probably have to watch it again to get my final rating i i just love how just unabashedly we are an animated film (laughs) Um, oh, and mm-hmm. I will say this: the push pop was heavily involved in this, and actually was a huge part of the movie. And it was really cool how they integrated that. And that's all I'm gonna say. Okay. You you think maybe it's like some kind of like promotional thing, like oh yeah, get the push pop, the push pop, push pop, and you're like, okay, I mean it's kind of funny, and then they actually pay it off it's a very important meaning to the push pop which I love push pop so I appreciate that I don't think I've had one in like 20 years (laughs) so good though um so but yeah so two highly recommended and one gonna eventually check it out oh yeah it's it's on my list it was just not like one of those where it's like well you know I can't really get to the theater to see it so I'll just get it when you know I'll eventually watch it um, up next is another one that I believe, if I remember right, we all have seen, but I might be wrong on one. I know. Okay. So it's just two again. Um, and that would be the legendary sequel. <laughs> I'm going to go out there and limb and say that. Uh, Sonic 2. <laughs> Mind if I 
bartending. You're still just a kid. Trust me, there will come a moment when your powers will be needed. But you don't choose that moment. That moment chooses you. I just got goosebumps. Wait a second, did you steal that from Oprah? Never going to get my power. Do I look like I need your power? Where are my manners? Sonic, meet Knuckles. So, quick recap here because I think I was the only one on the podcast that gave my feelings on the first one. I thought it was okay. Uh, I've never really played the Sonic games and was never really a diehard. I did watch the animated series a little bit, and I, I just thought it was okay because the thing that drove me nuts was the shoehorned-in Olive Garden thing. And the human characters I didn't really give two shits about. Um, Sonic as a character, I was also kind of like, I don't know if I like this person. Because he's kind of getting on my nerves, but I know he's supposed to be basically a young teenager. So maybe I'm supposed to feel like that. But Jim Carrey was the best thing. I was like, I love Jim Carrey in this. And I was so happy to see him again, like, being a zany and wacky. Um... So I wasn't super hyped for this. I was like, I know other people that I know here across the table, too, were a bit more psyched because there was other characters coming in, like Tails and Knuckles. And I was like, sure. Um, So I went to go, but I was hearing okay things. So I went to go see it, and I was like, does this have to be over two hours long? (laughs) (laughs) And I still maintain no. I don't think this had to be two hours long. Uh... I do, however, think it's a little bit better. It still has some issues, though, for me. Uh, there were a number of jokes that I was just like, okay, what, why? Uh, and even and there were some of them were from Jim Carrey, too, which I was like, oh, he, he, he improvised and he went off the rails there, and I was like, uh, okay. Um, Sonic, I actually liked a little bit more in this. Um, he, I did like how the voice actor made a reference to Parks and Rec because he is in Parks and Rec. Uh, he played Rafi. Um, and t- Tails, to me, was there. I- I'm going to say he. It's the well, he. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of the video game because Tails yeah. generally wasn't a huge part of, you know, it, 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 he was just always there for Sonic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, the Tails is probably my favorite character. I love Tails. Um, but then Knuckles stole the thing. I, I, I loved his dry humor with Idris Elba voicing <laughs> him. And when him and Jim Carrey were on screen, that was my favorite time of the movie. Um, and again, it wasn't until the end credit sequence when it started showing some stuff involving the game. Not, I'm not trying to get specific. <clears throat> But it wasn't until that point, for me, during the film, that I was just like, this kind of just feels like a Marvel movie that I've been seeing a lot of. Now, knowing that they have pulled some stuff from the game, I'm like, okay, well, gamer fans are happy. It's kind of cool they did that. 
it's just from my mindset. I was like, this just feels like I'm watching a Marvel movie, most likely. And there's a wedding subplot that I was just like, that derails the whole thing. I was like, I was having a fine time, and then this happened. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I'm just going to say, I think it's okay. Nick, what do you think? Um, yeah, I was pretty hyped for this. Uh, the first, I thought, like you, the first one was okay. Um, again, I will say this before I even say anything about the movie. The movies will never be as good or as classic as the games. I'm just going to say that right now. This was... I would say this was an acceptable sequel. That was, that's the word I'm going to use. Um, great things about it. I loved Knuckles. I love Idris Elba. Um, Tails was there. Did, did what he was supposed to do. That's all I'm going to say. I did really like Sonic. Um, a lot of the human characters I knew were just going to be there. Um, but, oh my, what's, what's her name? Um, Tika Sumter? Uh, Maddie? And then who she? Yeah, Maddie, um, James Marsden's. Yeah, why? she is one of the most beautiful women I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that right now. Um, <laughs> but there was a couple things in the movie. I'm not gonna spoil them. There was a huge, huge advantage for Jim Carrey. I'm not gonna say what it was, but he had built something, and mm-hmm. I had reckon the face was spot on. That's all I'm gonna say. From the, from the games. Um, let's see. There was a reference to a certain book in the movie that I absolutely loved and looked exactly like the book that you'd see in the game, instruction manual. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was, it was very, it was, I had a lot of fun with it. I recognized a lot of the references. Um, I can't even honestly remember what I gave the first one. I was three years ago yeah I mean you you didn't give it on the podcast so um I for the first one I would give uh probably a B plus <laughs> and in this one actually like I said it was very very acceptable I'd probably give it a B minus just because of all the stuff that was so there. I haven't seen this one um I do plan on watching in fact I may get it tonight and watch it but uh it, it's one of those movies where, like, at least for the first one, you know, a good, honestly, a good word, the way you said it was, it's like a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm getting into with it. As long as it takes my expectations and does something with them, I'm okay with it. In this movie, the original, you know, the first one did this. Um, a co-worker of ours explained it the, probably the best possible way. It's the best talking dog movie. <laughs> And that's I, I completely agree with that. It's for I know what this movie is and what it is is great. Like it's you know so I, I'm I'm really amped to watch the second one because I think the first one did what it needed to do. Like it's you know, whether you know you could say, Oh well, overall it's like but it, it's you know for the type of movie it is, it did everything it hit all those boxes that it needed to do. So two things. For me, it was one of the definitely one of the better video game movies. Yeah, exactly. It struggles immensely to be good in video games. And then, secondly, there was an appearance at the end of the movie from somebody, and I'm just going to say it's my favorite character in Sonic. I'm excited. Hmm. It was at the end of the the after the credits. Yeah, it didn't stay. Oh, 
Well, it showed somebody. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm really excited. Though. You'll know right away. Yeah. My two favorite colors. So, I'm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I remember right, I gave the first one on here a C minus. No. This one I'd give a C. It was it was a bit better, but I'd give the for the first one a B. And I don't know about this one, but if it's, it it seems like it's better. It's better. For 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 me still, as far as video game adaptations, the first Mortal Kombat is still my favorite, and my favorite movie based on any kind of game. That includes board games is Clue. <laughs> um, so, uh, but the next and final one that I have listed up, I know that we all have seen. It was a giant expectation on us because as soon as we saw the trailer, we were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and boy, uh, has the internet said enough about this? Well, we have to get our thoughts now out, and that is. Everything, everywhere, all at once. This is Wang. This is Wang. Mrs. Wang, are you with us? I am paying attention. Now you may only see a pile of receipts, but I see a story. I can see where this story is going. It does not look. Multiverse is like the trend 2022 going on with you know film studios and stuff because we have Marvel has their own DC has their own now even obscure A24 is like yeah we gotta have our own uh, in this uh, everything everywhere all at once uh, starring what's her name we Michelle have? Yao Michelle Yao who discovers that she is given the ability to travel to and gain the power of other versions of herself throughout the multiverse because her husband who is played by can you pronounce it Hugh Kwan uh, who is short round in Temple of Doom mm-hmm. and he's Data in the Goonies and then he took a gigantic spatical yes. after that and didn't come back until this until this wow so yeah uh, and he informs her that there's this giant force of evil and stuff. Meanwhile, her family laundromat is getting audited by Jamie Lee Curtis. She's having issues with her sister who's trying to explain to the family stuff that she has her girlfriend with her, and there's obviously some tension there. Yeah. Said sister. I'm sorry. Um, and just... 
I, I don't know how to explain what happens in this because I'm like, you would have to see it because it's I too can't hard to see it at least three times. Yeah, I, I've only seen it once when yeah, I was with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, this is easily, of all the films I've seen this year, this is the hardest to either describe or recommend to somebody because I'm like, I don't know if you're going to like this. You may come to. You may come talk to me afterwards of Saga like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Or you're going to come to me like, what the fuck was that? Fucking um, trip. Yeah. Um, gosh, because it's just full of so much zany, weird things. Well, like the movie, it starts off on a pretty serious tone. Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of just depressing and you feel bad for, you know, the main character, yeah. you know. Because you can yeah, finish your taxes. Yeah, like you yes. know, there's it's it's a difficult time, like and being audited as a business is one of the worst things. And well, not only that, like there's a communication barrier. Yeah. And so she's arguing with Jamie Lee Curtis, and so it goes up until that point, and then soon as like the crazy multiverse shit starts happening, mm -hmm. that's when it just gets wild. And after that, it just gets so fun. Like the whole movie is just entertaining. I, it's a fucking wild ride, man. It is, it, it's written and directed by the duo known as the Daniels. The Daniels. Who uh -huh. also did Swiss Army Man, which is one mm. of my definite favorite weird movies I've ever seen. Mm. Um, but, like, the weird thing... The, the weird thing especially with this is that you apparently have to do something strange and weird to access the ability. And that's oh, just random. Like, that's yeah. kind of like the running gag throughout it. Like yeah, it, it's it is completely random. Sometimes it's like you got to break your finger, or at other time it's gotta <laughs> you got to drink bleach, or like chew bubblegum five times and yep. spit at somebody's face, or something like. Or staple a card to your head. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's wacky, and I, like I actually really dug that. Like, it's just it was just all over the place, and hence the name of the movie. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it, it was I, I had such a good time. Like, yeah, this I, this is the third contender. Yeah, or my favorite of the year. I went and saw it by myself, and there was like maybe four or five other people in the theater. Well, that was not for us. Yeah. It was a pretty our, cool theater. Well, special. I was happy that I went when I did, yeah. because I, I, I really wanted to watch this fully, and uh, oh, I laughed. Jamie so, Lee Curtis laughed kills it. so hard yeah. in this movie. She's one of my favorite parts in it, because it's just... You you know the scene I'm talking about, though. Whoa! Like, <laughs> I, me and Ian about died we were laughing so hard oh you went to jump on the stairs yeah, or whatever? yeah but it's just because it's just like oh this the, it, i just <laughs> we were dying like that was perfect character uh, it was so funny i'm like so, the, the whole I, wrestling thing like mm -hmm. oh mm -hmm. bone breaker like like that just god that I, killed I think, me i think that was like her finally being able to do something after all of oh yeah i'm glad she got that. I don't know, but it, every character, I loved it. Like, it, I had so much fun. Even the grandpa. James Hong, yeah. He's yeah, legend. like, loved it. Like, I, I cannot... He's like 92 or 3. He might be. Yeah, he's been around for a long yeah. time. He's, I think he's been in, like, 200, like, Hong Kong movies. And I've never... I don't so, think I've ever seen a movie with her daughter in it. Yeah, I think she's but relatively new. She was really she was good, crazy. too. Like... She not only that, like when she was just her daughter, mm -hmm. like it was just like 
really well acted. She's like, good at playing multiple characters. Yeah, like she she did a really good job and showed like you know emotional like like that. That's the thing is some characters can't get the emotion thing down, and she she does really good at like like you feel like you can actually you're watching this movie and you're like this is like actually a realistic emotion like you're not like fake crying or anything like so this is a person yeah my favorite performance though is Ki-Hu Kwan I think his his comeback and I don't know how many years it's been since he's acted let's see what Goonies Goonies was 85 oh man so but anyways I just think he was incredible and then you know the whole fanny pack thing I thought that was amazing that was awesome yes um, but just him in general and as a character the way the way he you know he's really subtle when he talks but he gets his point across and then of course he was playing multiple people too so but I just thought he was the standout and I think he is arguably one of my favorite performances of the year so far he still surprisingly has that high voice yeah it's the same I was like it's the same <laughs> Oddly enough, it's a tad deeper than when he was a kid, it's a but it's tad. but it's the same voice yeah. you can tell, and that's I, I love him. I loved him in Indiana Jones. I loved him in the Goonies. Um, I would say the strongest element to this was the human emotion stuff, especially the ending. The ending is amazing. It's very good, very heart touching, very well written. Yeah, even with like Jamie Lee Curtis's character, yeah, she, yeah they're she, good. Yeah, she has a great arc with it too. Um, I would, however, say there are a couple of giant things for me with this in the negative realm, which are, I don't think this had to, again, be almost two and a half hours. I think this could have been two hours and fine. Um, and the gag stuff started to get a little bit old after a while to me, especially in the third act when it kept happening. But to me, the human characters kind of kept it going throughout. So, this is not in contention right now for my favorite movie of the year, but it's still a solid one. Uh, I would personally give it an A minus because I like the originality. I just wish there were some things that made it a bit better for me personally. Uh, personally, I'd have to give it an A, and I, I I completely get where you're coming from with your complaints. I, however, like I I liked that. Like the the zany, the kind of the zany, like the weird shit they have, they have to do to get to their alter personalities, like I thought that was interesting because you know we've seen the multiverse is just like oh the multiverse like you know like with you know other multiverse style movies, it's just like here's an alternative self for you, but like this is like to connect with that that something you have to do something that like triggers the response to this exact universe because this happened in that person's universe mm -hmm. so do you have to like connect do something to connect with that person that happened to them and i think that's kind of interesting like it's you know really kind of thought out process and i think it was funny like it added you know that movie it had humor in it like that's thing is it wasn't just all serious like there was some good humor in there too and like i was laughing but sometimes i was emotional i was like wow like you know this is actually a heartfelt thing like you said especially like the ending yeah. it's very heart heartwarming and you're like you like you said these are really human people and it's easily at the top of my endings of the year yeah so that that's you know that's my contention of that yeah um it had this movie had everything to me like every kind of emotion even that it was kind of scary to me especially when you know 
Jamie Lee Curtis was slowly walking. She was doing this like weird yeah, walk. Yeah, creepy. Like, what the fuck? But yeah, yeah, I think she's learned from Michael. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it was funny. Uh, I thought the main two specifically performances were incredible. And Michelle Yao and Kiyu Kwan I think were amazing. Um, this movie blew me away. It's right now it's my favorite movie of the year. I'm giving it an A. It was almost an A plus for me. Something interesting. Honestly, if they would do a similar movie, <laughs> just with like actors and actresses that have played just a ton of like crazy roles, other than Nick Cage, other than Nick Cage, okay. and just like going in like similar style, but just like they can get like the powers of like the character that they played. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a hilarious movie. Jamie Lee Curtis could do it. Yeah, she's played a ton. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I have had set up that well us. Uh, Nick, did you have one or two? Um, I had. I'm pretty sure I've only seen one other Fantastic one. Fantastic Beasts. Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, if you listen carefully enough, the past whispers to you. We're here to see Albus Dumbledore. That would be my brother. going to take down the most dangerous wizard in over a century. Imagine zoologist, his indispensable assistant. A wizard descended from a very old family, a school teacher, and a muggle. Dumbledore asked that I give you something, Jacob. Are you kidding me right now? Who wouldn't like our chances? Um... So as far as the first two go, I thought one was okay. I thought two was what's the word I would put? Atrocity. And then so this one you're like, well, you know, you're kinda left with <laughs> which way are you gonna go? Is it gonna be worse, better, you know? But this one basically is about Grindelwald trying to take over the wizarding world and Eddie Redmayne and the rest of the crew trying to stop him. And eh, it was as I thought and predicted before, I thought it was wasn't as good as the first one, and it was it was much better than the second one, which we all know isn't saying much. But the two standouts for me, performance-wise, was my favorite character in all three of them is Dan Fogler. I think he's by far the standout. But I actually thought that Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm. played a very good Grindelwald and was a nice replacement for Mr. Depp. So. Um, <laughs> I recommend seeing it maybe in a streaming service somewhere just to say you saw it. Um, like I said, I, I can say it's better than the second one. Um, I would have liked it to have been much better, obviously. Uh, I just think that they've they've tried too much and tried to live up to Harry Potter, and I just don't think it's obviously ever going to happen. So, that being said, I'm going to give it a... D plus. D for Dumbledore? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I did not have much interest in going to see this other than to give my opinion on here on the podcast because 
a little bit like you. I thought the first one was okay, and I hated the second one. I was just like, this writing is just all over the place in these characters. And I even went back and I rewatched the first and second one oh on HBO God. Max. You got to do the second one? Yeah. Uh, and, and here's the thing. After I rewatched the first one, I was like, you know what? I actually don't think this is as good as I remembered. Uh, <laughs> a, a major distracting thing for me was how much CGI was in this. Because I know there's CGI in the Harry Potter movies, but there's so much practical effects. And, I'm, and I love that. The, it, it was just feeling so cheap to me. The only thing that kept me into it was Dan Fogler. Oh, he's I thought he was Great actor. he he was like that conduit for the yeah. audience to be yep. in this thing. Um, I thought Eddie Redmayne was okay, and but then like all the character stuff for some reason like changed in the second one. All of a sudden, characters acted differently. Yeah, it didn't even feel like it was part of the yeah. same movie. And when I rewatched that second one, that opening scene of Grindelwald's escape. It was so choppily edited, and I was like, I can't fucking see anything. Oh, um, God. Yeah, it felt unfinished, the movie. Because there's also lightning happening, because it was during a uh, storm, yeah. and I'm just like, this is so fucking ugly. Um, they can't wait to watch these. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, like, the whole Mads Mikkelsen thing, I was just like, I have no idea and doubt that he is probably better than Johnny Depp's performance from what we saw. Aside from the actual Johnny Depp shit that's going on, um, and I've heard this from a few people, and you can tell me this too, they don't ever explain why he's always different. Yeah, that's right. They don't ever explain why Grindelwald looks different every time. They don't explain all the things, unfortunately, and there's still an over-usage of CGI. Probably more so in this one than any of them. Now, the funny thing from what you were saying is that a number of few people that I watched said they actually thought this one was the best one. I mean, yeah, I can, I can argue but that. But that was not the giant compliment, though. Yeah. Uh, I'd have to watch the first one again. Yeah. It's been a long time. And as far as in the second one, I thought as far as performance-wise, it was Jude Law mm-hmm. as Dumbledore. I was like, I, I thought he was a good Dumbledore, but... Uh, also, this series has just gone on and not been what it originally was supposed to be, because yeah. J.K. Rowling said this is not supposed to be a prequel. It's supposed to just be this side thing connected with the Harry Potter. But as soon as Grindelwald got involved, and they're like, "Oh, it's now a prequel," because now we're going to talk about reference Harry Potter and stuff like that, because we got nothing else to fall back on. I was like. This does not know what it was going to be. This is feeling like Star Wars all over again. Um, Hogwarts was a very prevalent in this. Like mm-hmm. it actually showed Hogwarts, and then they actually ate in Hogwarts. Um, but you could also got to think about it like the this series had a bunch of bunch of controversial people in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. with Johnny Depp. Ezra Miller got kicked out, and Ezra Miller was in this movie. And I'm like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, oh god. And <laughs> the weird thing is. Ezra Miller's a weird dude in real life. Yeah. And then the character he plays in Fantastic Bees, I feel like, is the same thing he is in real life. And I'm like, dude, you're a fucking weirdo. And it's like, that's probably the way he is in real life. I heard he so, was less whiny in this one. He was, but I think... <laughs> they, You could definitely tell they were trying to kill him off. Oh, yeah. 
Well, <laughs> because then the other hard thing going into this is what is the fact that I heard originally when this started, there was supposed to be five. Yeah. But because there were diminishing returns every time, especially after the second right. one, they did not know if they were going to get five now. So they were going to see how this one was doing at the box office, which from what I know, it's not done well. Mm. So with, without telling anything, do, does it feel like that they tried to find a way to end it, but also make it that there's another one? Yeah, it was kind of conflicting at the end because, like I said, they looked like they were trying to kill people off like that. and But then... You'd see something, and you're like, they say something, and you're like, okay, well, that could be something in the future. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely conflicting and confusing at the end. So I I don't think they know what the fuck they're doing. No, it doesn't sound like it. And, and this has just been a giant mark on the Harry Potter franchise. Which, I, hate that, I, hate, I hate that they literally <laughs> put freaking Hogwarts right there. And I, I saw it, and I'm like, oh, God. And then I'm like, and they started, you know... Showing the inside of it, and I'm like, oh, I'll bring back, that bring back good memories. Mm-hmm. But and then a lot of the jokes were definitely off, and then there was a was it a lobster walk that they did? That was very awkward. It, it's I'm, sure you've heard, I'm sure you've heard about that, but it's very extensive. Mm-hmm. It happens for a long time. They like literally it. have to go all the way around this like cave, and there's like different um, uh, floors. So basically, it's a spiral. So they have to go up the whole thing, and they're trying to get away from the the huge lobsters. Mm-hmm. So they're like sitting there doing this, and I'm like, oh my god, this is, yeah, it was, it didn't know what it wanted to be. Too bad, Damon, you could have been there to boil it. Yeah, right. I would love to have eaten those things, especially the big one. <laughs> There's a lot of meat in there. So yeah, I I think I'm gonna have to wait to see if it appears on HBO you, Max. Yeah, you just have to you just get, watch it at least one time. And. This has just been like so much with this. I'm like, I'm done with the Fantastic Beasts. Just let it go and let me just keep Harry Potter because yeah. that's where. Let it go, let it go. Please don't make any fucking more. Well, and <laughs> you mentioned that there are controversial people in the movie. There's also a person behind the scenes that is also very controversial, and that's J.K. Rowling. Oh, yeah. Who needs to shut her fucking mouth about shit? She has done that filter. Um, and one of the things that made the second one so unbearable, I believe, was the writing because it was just her. This I heard it was her with somebody that wrote it, so that's probably why it felt tighter of a script. Yeah, it could also meant why it was so conflicting because you know they may have had seen two different sides of it. Especially the ending. Like, the ending's... Well, apparently, he was more of a screen writer. Whereas she's more of a book writer. So they're like, you you have to have him in there. (laughs) But overall, WB doesn't... I don't understand what they're doing (laughs) with anything. Yeah, as Mads Mikkelsen as an actor is awesome. And I thought that he did the best he could in this. That's all I'm going to say. I haven't seen any of them, so I can't really get my opinion. (laughs) Like... So, you really don't need to. Yeah. I I honestly would say you don't. If you're a fan of, the Harry I know Potter that you series, I know that you love the Harry Potter. I do too. Oh, yeah. So this will just this, this, this will just ruin it. This will bring it down a little bit. So my honest opinion is just skip it and go on with your life. Yeah. Okay. With what life you have. <laughs> Watch the Dan Fogler clips on YouTube because yeah, that's I, I think he's great. So there you go. 
He usually has the funniest scenes yes. in all of them. And he does in this one, too. Um, yeah, so... Uh, Damon, I don't think you have any others huh. to add. So. I will mention one that I'm going to watch, and I mm-hmm. think I'll let you, probably let you guys use my Shutter app if you want to. There was one mentioned by uh, one somebody I'm pretty sure we all watch, especially Ian, Chris Stuckman. Mm-hmm. He mentioned a movie, I, think, I believe it's only on Shutter called Hellbender, and he said it was really good, so I'm definitely going to check that out. Well, we'll see if that happens. So much on streaming that I'm trying to watch. Yeah, same. Eventually, I'm going to have to watch that shitty Texas Chainsaw, apparently. I know, I'm going to have to watch it, too. you got to watch the bad ones. we got to have the worst list, you know. Oh, it's easily going to make it. (laughs) You guys are going to watch it and be like, you know what, I'm going to go drive my car off a bridge. I don't have a car. You're, you're gonna buy one just to drive it off a bridge. That's how bad it is. <laughs> Go buy the cheapest car and you'd be like, you know what? I just get a plank of wood and go down a hill. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that has been our catch up uh, because uh, we have another big film to get to. But... Where's our mustard? <laughs> yeah, mm. oh, that's a bad joke. Mm. Uh, ho- hopefully. Found this somewhat entertaining and enlightening, but uh, soon now we got to get to something big that we had to talk about. So we will get there on the next one. So we will see you at that one to continue.